0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Cheer Shots to the Cranium. I'm Stephen Goforth. Thank you for tuning in to this very entertaining interview that I did with Ernest the Cat Catmeller. I hope you enjoy it. I'd like to encourage you while I have you to visit my website, Cheershotstothecranium.com. Again, that is Cheershots to the Cranium.com. If you want to see Pat or listen to past interviews that I've done, if you want to read past columns that I've done, go visit my website. Also, you'll find some very entertaining links, links to all the major wrestling promotions that are out there, all the top hot indie promotions that are out there as well. If you want to see photographs that I've taken at past shows, if you want to pick up your own chair shots to the Cranium merch, there's a link on there, the prowrestlingtees.com, to pick up your own chair shots to the Cranium t-shirt. Your support is greatly appreciated. I also have some other entertaining items on my website. I did a greatest tag team tournament back in the spring. Find out who won that tournament. Had 64 tag teams compete. Very entertaining. Featured book of the month. How to get your own classic wrestling magazine something. Maybe that's a magazine you read back in your childhood. Whatever the case may be, some cool links on there. So go visit my website. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, chair2cranium. That's chair, the number two cranium. Chair2cranium on Instagram and on Twitter. You can also follow me on Facebook. Go subscribe to my YouTube page. Go subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Five-star rating is much, much appreciated. So without further ado, let's head right into my interview with the one and only Ernest the Cat Miller. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is someone who has experienced tremendous success throughout his career. He's been involved in Hollywood movies, Most notably, the 2008 Academy Award-nominated movie, The Wrestler. He's experienced great success in the world of professional wrestling, and he's a former multiple-time karate world champion. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody call my mama. Because my guest today is the one and only Ernest the Cat Miller. Ernest, how are you today? Brother,
1: I'm going on just fine, man.
0: Well, man, tell the fans what's going on in your in your life these days.
1: Well, you know, I'm back in the martial arts. Uh, I got a couple of schools, karate dojos that I own, teaching a lot of kids, uh, um, teaching the new generation of karate and martial arts. So, and, and and you know, every now and then comes do a commercial or do something on TV. And and uh, like you know, I'm beginning now to actually go out and do a couple of appearances in wrestling and uh. You know, and stuff like that—autograph signings.
0: That's fantastic. Now you formed an agreement to work uh, with the Red Hot Universal Championship Wrestling. Tell us about your relationship with this great independent wrestling company and its owner Ron Gossett.
1: Man, let me tell you, that's a great—that's a great confederation right there, man. These guys doing some—they doing some great things, man. And I see a good future with this company. Ron is an honest, true um, friend. You know, and I like working for him, and, uh, uh, you know, I look forward to working for him in the future.
0: That's great. Yeah, UCW is a, is a great company, and I've uh, been extremely impressed with a lot of their shows, so uh, I know they're happy to have you as part of it. Some fans uh, listening to this may or may not know this, but as I mentioned in my opening statement, uh, you're former world kickboxing karate champion. Uh, it's an accomplishment you obtained three times, if I'm not mistaken, how old well you
1: are you are mistaken. It's four time. Four I did times. actually I w- I just did it, I think in two thousand and fourteen. I became a world karate champion at fifty two years old.
0: Oh, congratulations.
1: Well well let me let me do the number. I mean fifty years old. I was the fifty plus champion. And uh I competed against guys half my age, you know, and uh, just to go back out there. And and you know these days when you're doing something People don't want to talk about what you did in the past. They want to hear about what you're doing now. So I thought the best way to get across to some of the new Thunderhead, the young cat guys in the martial art, I got to go out and show them exactly what I can do. So I did that by starting my teaching and my karate career over again by winning the SIAC World 2014 40-plus karate champion.
0: Now, How old were you when you started karate?
1: Man, I started karate, I think I might have been around about 10, 10 years old. Wow.
0: Well, I know this is something you have an extreme passion for, and, and obviously it, it led you to your career in pro wrestling.
1: Well, you know, the passion is not for karate itself. The passion with me is what I'm able to do for a lot of young people, teaching them, teaching them a way of life through the format of uh, martial arts.
0: Now, what training did you go through when you decided to become a professional wrestler?
1: Well, I went to the famous, I went through the famous power plant with Sarge. Yeah. You know, so I I did a couple of classes down there with those guys, man. Let me tell you something. That was some of the hardest training I've ever had in my life.
0: Oh, I bet. I've heard others say that as well. You what? I've heard other people say that as well and said it was extremely difficult.
1: Oh, man. I, I, I thought when I got there my first week, I said these guys must not want me here because this hard work, they're trying to force me out of here. (laughs) But it was just it was just a workout. You know, it was just what it was, you know, it was a cruciating painful experience to have for for I think I
0: did about four months before I ended up on T V. Now you're well known for your tremendous Mike's skills, and incredibly entertaining promos. Is this something that came naturally for you, or did you get inspiration or ideas from other people inside and outside of the wrestling business to come up with your own style?
1: You know what? I want to say it was just me, but the fact is, you know, working around so many talented people, you know, of course, I took a little bit from everybody. You know, and everybody helped me out, man. And, you know, I mean, it was just... Just taking a little bit from everybody, from Dusty Rose to Disco Inferno to Sting to Hogan, Macho Man, The Rock, Stone Cold. Just taking a little bit from all those guys, man, helped me achieve that goal to be one of the best talkers in the world.
0: Yeah, you you can definitely rank up there as one of those, I can assure you. you. Again, your promos were very, very entertaining. Now, as I mentioned earlier, you had a huge role in the movie The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. How did you land this role? And tell us a little bit about that experience.
1: You know, I, I went to Hollywood and, and with the mindset of maybe doing some TV stuff outside of wrestling. And uh, I made a lot of good connections. But it wasn't until I got back to Atlanta to one of my uh, producer friends called and said, listen, the guy in New York shooting a wrestling movie. And um, they need a wrestler who can act. So we told them about you. And uh, at that time, it wasn't Mickey Rourke playing the part around. It was uh, Nicholas Cage. So the movie was starring Nicholas Cage. Oh, wow.
0: So, I, did, I did not know that.
1: Yeah, but by the time I got out there, they said Nicolas Cage was no longer in the part because Nick said it was too hard. He said, this, you know, doing the movie, doing the movie and practicing, he said the work was too hard for him. So wow. they brought in uh, they brought in Mickey Roy, who, who fit the character and went right
0: to work as soon as he got in there. Now, I've heard Mickey took that role very seriously, and he did an out- outstanding job preparing for it. How much advice did you give him during this movie? And talk to me a little bit about shooting that final match of the movie.
1: You know what, I'm going on, I'm on, to I'm on pat myself on the back a little bit. Mickey wasn't, you know, he had worked with a couple of people, but what they wanted from Mickey, it was asking a lot, you know. So it was asking so much that Darren Aronofsky, the uh, director, pulled me to the side and said, listen, I'm giving you the job, just not because you can act and you can wrestle, but I think you can make Mickey look like what we need him to look like to get this movie over and get it out to the people and make it a great movie. So, you know, I really helped him through a lot of the uh, ring stuff because he knew nothing about it, you know, and and maybe he did go to a couple of classes with people, but you and I know being in a class and actually doing the action inside the ring is two different things. Right. So some of the stuff he wanted to do, I really had to kind of coast him along and and carry him through but you know hey it was a it was a great success because you know he got nominated for an oscar for the best actors award
0: let's talk a little bit about your time in the wwe between 2002 2004 did you approach them about coming into the company or did someone reach out to you how was this relationship formed
1: you know what johnny ace reached out to me i you know i thought i was out of the business you know, WCW was over. I was getting ready to go back into martial arts. But I got a call from Johnny Ace who said, listen, Ernest, I believe in you. I believe in your character. You know, maybe you should, you know, let me get you a dark match. And then I said, well, why would I have to do a dark match if they already know me? He said, listen, they don't know you like that. Just come up here. Let me get you a dark match. And uh, we'll take it from that. So I came in, did a dark match, and uh, I was hired you know but then they put me behind the desk talking which really wasn't my thing you know I wanted to be in the ring so right they they put me back in the ring a little bit but you know what i saw the way they were doing a lot of the wcw new guys coming over you know and i kind of thought maybe they wasn't putting enough uh, a lot of effort into getting these guys over
0: right now, let's go back and talk about your WCW time. I, I have to ask you about your very entertaining segment with James Brown. For those that haven't seen this, you guys did a dance off on an episode of WCW Thunder. How did you get one of the greatest performers in the world, and James Brown, to take part in this? And how cool was it for you to work alongside and dance alongside of him?
1: You you know you never know who watching the show when you when you're wrestling WCW days. I tell my people when I was at WCW, they, I was the, we was the stars to the stars. You know, you could see Shaq. You could see anybody. When you go to a wrestling show, you could see anybody walking back in the back or, or bringing their family through to say hello. You know, you've seen anybody. I've seen everybody. So I wanted James Brown to come and do something with him, but I didn't know how to get in touch with him. So I just kept doing his routine. I just kept doing his routine doing his routine then one day in the audience um this guy came out of the audience and said he was a representative of James Brown and James Brown said he liked watching me and and um
0: you know he made contact that way what went through your mind when that happened I know you had to be really excited
1: I, I pissed my pants <laughs>
0: that's
1: what that's what happened I pissed my pants and I my pants. Then I said, "Let's get this. Let's get this sucker on the phone, man." Yeah, no doubt. So he called Jane Brown on the phone. He invited me to his show. I kind of told him what I wanted, what I would appreciate him doing if he could, and and then WCW said, "Hey, man, we like that. We even pay him to come in." So you know, I got Jane Brown a payday.
0: Yeah, that's even better.
1: But you know, in the end, what he did for me, though, he gave me. He brought it in. He said, so what would you want? I said, okay, I'll do your dance. Do you know how you bring the capes? And I'll, he said, I said I'd said like for you, if you don't mind, put the cape on me. Mm-hmm. He said, i tell you what, I'm going to bring two. Which one color you want? I said, what color you have? He said, man, I got a few of them. I'll bring the red and the gold for you. So I said, all right. So we started out the routine. And as you know, he put the red cape on me. Then he put the gold cape down. I walked out and did the routine, threw the cape out once I could start dancing and then on the way out, James looked at me and said, well, it was a great time. And he said,
0: here, man, you can have these. So he gave me the two capes. Oh, nice.
1: And, um, uh, I think right after, a little bit after he passed this auctioneer, or this person from some auction company called me and said the capes that he had were worth a lot of money. He said from, um, uh, it was email. He said that he had got my number through somebody else, and he wanted to know if I wanted to sell the capes. And I said no. But he told me they worked a lot of money. So I still got them hanging up in my house.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Talk to me a little bit about your relationship with Sonny Ono. You've, uh, you two have been linked Man, together.
1: You, I hate that bastard. You <laughs> hear me? That little motherfucker, I hate him. No, I was just playing. Sonny is my man, man, me and Sonny, you know, even from our WCW days, we still talk every other day. You know, I still talk to a few guys here Me, Mean uh mean, Stevie Ray, uh, Eric Bischoff. Um, you know, we all still talk a lot, man. It's That's good great. So I I got to actually work at that U C W show. I got to work one of my old friends there, you know, and uh I got to see a lot of them out there, so I kind of missed the guys and and me being out on the road now. sometime wrestling, I get to bump bump into them, and
0: I'm telling you, it's a fun time, fun remembering. Ernest, this is the cranium shot portion of my interview. I'm gonna say a name, and this name's gonna be from your past, okay? And you just give me a brief answer, one word answer, whatever comes to mind, okay? You ready? Okay. Chris Canyon.
1: Worker. Great worker. Glacier. A slow block moving piece of ice.
0: <laughs> All right, Brodus Clay. Thief. Thief. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Douglas. Talker. Alright, finally, who I think's one of the greatest as well, the great Muda.
1: Scary, but you know I tell you the story about that guy, man. I, I did a pay per view match with him, and let me tell you something. I had just talked to the guy. We had won over the match in the back, so I knew what he was gonna do. Mm-hmm. But man, once he put that costume on and hit that ring, let me tell you something. He scared the hell out of me, man. The way he look at you, the way he moves, man. That's one. That got one of the greatest entertainers in the ring today, man. Oh, no you, just, I mean, you people watch him at home, but to be in the ring with somebody who is so graceful, but at the same time really demanding on you in that ring, man, he's a great talent.
0: Yeah, of course, what I remember of him as well, everything you just mentioned, of course, but of course, spitting that mist out. I mean, iconic. Uh,
1: so, so, you know, so the guys told me, they played the riff on me, they said, Cat, they said that stuff that he spit in your, your eyes, keep your eyes closed cause not, they said burn like hell. So I was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) Then they said, they said, then when it get in your face and your skin and your hair, if it get in your hair, it'll stick to your hair and you got to kind of cut it out. So I want to put a hat on. I said, yeah, I just have a hat on when I'm talking to him. So then the guys told me, said, yeah, make sure you keep your, uh, make sure you don't breathe it in cause it'll burn your nose. So I'm getting ready for the match. I look in the mirror and I'm saying I'm ready to take that green stuff he gonna spit on me. I had shades on, I have a little mouthpiece on. I was How in the hell I'm gonna go out there like this. how in the hell to have shades on? You know, I said the fact the thing is supposed to get in my eyes. But the thing was when he did it, it was so I mean, it wasn't painful, of course it was just ripping me. But you know what, man, the the way he did it was just so entertaining. All I had to do is sell it.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Ernest, I, again, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your time today. This has been a, a great, great discussion with you, and, and I cannot thank you enough uh, for spending this time with us. So thank you very, very much. Hey, thank you, man. Uh, I really appreciate you giving me this time and this platform. If you want to see Ernest the Cat Miller in the ring again, you can do this at future Universal Championship Wrestling shows. Visit their website at ucwtv.com for more information. Please be sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at UCW-TV to get the latest information on what's happening in this very popular company. Again, Ernest, thank you. I very much appreciate your time.
1: Thank you, brother. Have, a, right.
0: have a wonderful day.